Florida man records a podcast. Oh man, I don't want to have anything to do with that guy. <laughs> That's how it always started, right? The crazy crime reports, always a Florida man. I know. No. <clears throat> no. No interest. Is all crimes of public or something like that in Florida? Uh, or all trials or something like that or public or something like that. That's why they have all the good stories. Oh. They're always from Florida. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. I mean, I only lived there for 18 years, but I wasn't aware of that. <laughs> I know you can see mug shots of everybody. That definitely helps. Oh, I should try to find your mug shot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Not in that. I am not in that. You will not find anything. <laughs> awesome. Uh, let's record a podcast. Cool. I uh, I feel like I have a lot of stuff. It might... Uh, People might want to get comfortable and, and settle in for for a long one. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so I guess I should just go first. Um, and we'll see if we have time for you, Matt. <laughs> okay. Um, a bit of news, I guess. Well, we didn't uh, release, or we, we did release an episode last week, uh, but we did record one. Um, but mm -hmm. we released your interview with Craig from FreightWaves. Yeah, and uh, it's a really good interview. You're really uh, you're nailing down your uh, your interview style. I think. Thanks. It was uh, it, it was easier than the first two. I think for that reason, um, but it was really cool to learn things about his business that I, even I wasn't aware of exactly. Like how do you, how do you build this media company? Which I hope listeners get a chance to. Um, yeah, I get a really absorb that because it's. Very different. I feel like for me, like it really started to click at like, you know, halfway mark, I think maybe 20 minutes left. Like it really started to like click like their whole business model and mm. really fascinating. Uh, that's when I really, you know, I was listening and that's when I really like tuned in. And I was like, oh, what did he just say? And when he was talking about hiring journalists and building up like a content brand and like a, Like it's just it's con it's like content marketing, but like the most professional, uh, serious version I've ever heard of, almost. Right, right. It was uh, it it it's when content marketing isn't it's not content marketing. marketing; it's a content business. Yeah, and then of course the people that write that content. Uh, well, this is the thing: they use the very tool that you're selling, so it almost yeah. be like. Your, you know, your Synergies. content people, very, very powerful in that sense. Like, and, and that's the same for Bloomberg, like Bloomberg terminals are journal. I mean, less so these days, uh, just given budgets, I assume, but you know, Bloomberg terminals used to be in newsrooms and journalists yeah. would write stories using a lot of headlines that would flow through the top of the Bloomberg terminal. And so the idea that you could have journalists covering an industry that use your product to analyze that industry Like you said, then it does become a "quote unquote" synergies uh, play. Yeah, I mean, it was really great, and it's nice. Yeah, as you kind of said there, like the content part of the business can support itself, and it makes it sustainable. 
and mm -hmm. when there's synergies as well between your SaaS product and your content business, it's just it's pretty fascinating. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I, I enjoyed that. I, I was it came out came out the morning after the election, <laughs> so it really was not the time to be promoting it. But I, I'm glad you mentioned it here, and I definitely plan to send out a tweet or two about it this week. Yeah, awesome. Well. Yeah. Uh, speaking of podcasts, I also launched a podcast. Um, yeah. It's, uh, you know, we actually recorded like a quarter of an episode last week, but then stuff happened so we couldn't finish our recording. So I, I already went through, I feel like my, um, I already already had my therapy session <laughs> about the mm -hmm. podcast, uh, but I wasn't super thrilled last week uh, with the numbers I was seeing after the launch. And I think... I I just had really high expectations, mm. and uh, you know the numbers were lower <laughs> than what I expected, um, which just sucks, I guess. Um, but at the same time, what I I told you when we talked about it was, I'm really proud of the product. Like the the I I feel like it's really solid podcast, um, and launching. And uh, and building and launching a podcast with ten episodes, um, and a brand and everything in a month was, you know, pretty rough. <laughs> it, um, so it felt really good to get it out, and I I don't feel like I could have done well. I probably like given more resources of course, but like I feel like I really gave it my best shot, and mm -hmm. I'm doing the marketing that I need to do for each episode. And, you know, I've heard good feedback and people were excited about the podcast. It's just the numbers. So maybe it's just silly on my part. Like I, I had a number um, that I wanted to hit that I, I don't think I will hit with the podcast. Um, so we're almost two weeks in and we have four episodes out and the the episodes have between i think it's between 80 and 150 downloads per episode mm -hmm. so it's not you know it's not bad for a new podcast for sure like i'm sure that's a lot of podcasts that get less than that um but i hope there would be a bit a bit more than that um yeah but like the number of listeners is like the the part of the equation that's outside of my control right like i <laughs> i can control how much effort i put in and and that's pretty much it right <laughs> yeah yeah for sure um yeah. it's so it's a long game <laughs> yeah and i think that's what i'm realizing and i feel like it's a good brand like we've been mentioned in a few newsletters and we've been met mentioned just on social media and you know people are listening and when you think about it i think we have for those four episodes including the trailer i think we have six or seven hundred downloads and when you think about it, like that's still a lot of time that someone has spent with, you know, the branch brand. Um, so it's not bad at all. Like it's just less than I thought it would be. Mm. Right. Yeah. And, you know, there's still six episodes left to release um, over the, the next weeks. So, you know, might still might still grow. Um, I mean, it grows a little bit with every episode because the guest helps spread the word about the episode. So that always helps. And that's part sure. of the play, of course. 
Yeah. So that's a thing that happened. Another thing that happened, which might be surprising <laughs> uh, to some people because uh, it came a little bit out of the blue, but um, I ended up raising some more money, uh, which was very convenient because we don't have that much left, but we still had enough left that I decided to wait. Um, but then I guess an opportunity arrived and I was, you know, you know, I, the wisdom, I guess, is that if you have an opportunity <laughs> to raise some mm -hmm. money, you, you at least should strongly consider it um, because you yeah. don't know why, when that opportunity will show up again. For sure. Yeah, so it's not a crazy amount of money. It's like, yeah, it's pretty. It's basically a half a tiny seed round, um, which is great because we we don't burn a crazy amount of money, and that's like that's enough to uh, uh, that's enough to keep us going for a pretty long time uh, at our current burn. And um, the investor is also someone I'm really excited to have you know, in my uh, and around my company. So it's um, a guy that I was introduced to recently. Uh, his name is Soren. And he's one of the co-founders of Prisma.io, which is basically they do open source um, tools for databases. Like I, I think it's GraphQL stuff only actually. Um, so I think most of what they do right now is open source. And they, of course, plan to add some um, paid stuff around that. Um, they they built some really cool tools um, for the JavaScript community, basically to handle database stuff. And it's a tool for developers, obviously. Um, so they have a lot of experience with um, you know building stuff for developers and building a community and kind of like a following. And they do a lot of content as well, which is something I'm really fascinated with and de um, developer advocacy and stuff like that. Um, so basically, he had an opportunity to invest some money and he thought Branch would be a good place to invest some of that money. And mm. um, yeah, that's just really exciting. And it's uh, really excited to have him on board. Um, also took a little... Uh, more money from one of my existing angels. Yeah, I mean, it kind of came out of nowhere and we executed really quickly and then, you know, everyone is happy, I guess. So, Congrats, yeah. man. That's, that's a <laughs> very good feeling. Yeah, it's just some extra breathing room, um, which is what I need right now when we haven't really figured everything out yet um, and we're definitely not profitable. So, you know, keeps the runway going. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah. It's much needed. <laughs> Good, absolutely, and yeah. uh, allows you to keep Bjorn engaged without worrying as much about that as well. I assume. Exactly. Like, and I guess you know the reason I decided not to raise is not because we don't need money. It's more that I felt like there are so many things for us to figure out right now. So trying to raise like a seed round, for example, like our story wouldn't be good enough right now. And my hope is in like maybe six months, like we'll be able to tell a more coherent story about what branches and, and what the tra trajectory looks like. Um, mm -hmm. And then it's just convenient that someone was, you know, able to help us bridge that gap, I guess. That's great. Awesome. Yeah. Man. yeah so that's the thing that happened. Um, something else I want to talk about is traction. Um, and, 
you know, something I'm documenting here, I guess, is in this quarter that we're in right now, I'm doing some traction testing. The podcast is part of, you know, the test of testing different traction channels. Um, you know, coming out of Q3 and into Q4, I felt like we, we I felt some good traction and we got people signing up for the free plan being really excited and fairly quickly upgrade to the a paid plan um, we got enough of those um, that I felt pretty good about it and you know it's like you feel like okay like it's not like these 10 people or whatever sign up become a paid customer and that's it like the, the those people were the entire market like so it, it hmm. like that's something like when I get 10 customers in a fairly short amount of time like it makes me pretty excited <laughs> and like it tells me that something is right since then like in the past month like we haven't really gotten any new customers i think um and then on top of that we've had a little bit of churn nothing terrible but a little, little bit of churn and also with wp pusher so it's just you know it just it it does affect your mood <laughs> and i've heard people in our community recently say that you're not your mrr but like well i think i am a little bit <laughs> <laughs> yeah i agree not I so much because i care about like i don't it, yeah i don't agree with the cons yeah i agree that it feels that way regardless yeah, yeah yeah and it's not like it's not because the number has to be a big number before i'm happy like it's the growth rate when your mrr goes up quickly like it just tells you that you're onto something i guess um, mm -hmm. even if it's still a small number so it's i mean it's obviously got me thinking a lot because it, it doesn't feel good because we still get like we are i guess we are holding the number of signups pretty constant maybe going up a bit actually like we're getting like one or th three signups a day um pretty much every day um but they don't really activate right now. Like, and like we have a really wide specter of users. Like some of them come directly referred by one host. Some of them come from Google because they Google something related to another host. Someone just Googled like something generic WordPress and then they found it. Like, so it's not like, like it's a lot of different types of users that sign up. So it's not like, it's hard to compare um, and I know that what worked, you know, in the end of Q3 was people that are recommended by one of our hosting partners, uh, most of them, and they seem to be a really good fit. Um, but we haven't gotten a lot of those in the past month. And that's the problem with these partnerships. Like they're, it's hard to control <laughs> how much they how much how many users they send basically like that's mm. out of my control right um, right yeah so it's just like it it doesn't feel great right now like with the with the the traction we see with the product then on the other hand like we're working on this hosting integration feature that I've been talking about for a long time and it's really it's really coming together like it's really it's actually really exciting and I I'm going to talk about it a little bit more later in my my update here Mm -hmm. Um, so I, like, I am not so focused on our current product, but I'm still like, it still affects me that it doesn't really have any traction right now. Um, so, you know, 
it makes me think like, is it a product issue? It is a, is it a market issue? Um, you know, we've kind of like decided that we're building stuff for WordPress developers, but I am like starting to like think about trying branch against like other markets a little bit. Um, one of the things that's exciting about like the the hosting integration feature that we're launching together with the recipes that we have for when people build out their deployment pipeline is it would like we could launch, you know, a Shopify version of branch in like a day or two because we could just implement Shopify as a host, which is really easy to do now with the new stuff that we're about to release. And then we could just add recipes for like deploying Shopify themes, for example. So okay. <clears throat> like testing a new market like Shopify could be really easy actually with these features. But also like, like I've listened to a lot of podcast and some of them I've listened to many times actually but um, especially the Y Combinator startup school is something I've been listening to a lot lately and just something that keeps coming up and makes me it makes me think <laughs> at least that like like I'm worried that our traction isn't great because we don't have the right product right now like or it's not good enough like it might like technically be pretty good and pretty impressive what we have, but like, like it's not with branch right now. It's not my impression that people tell their friends about it necessarily. And like, I've heard, like I've heard Sam Altman, for example, say like, when you like the only thing you should be worrying about in the beginning of a startup is like building something that when people use it, they tell their friends about it. And then like, then things will happen. And the, you know, basically most of the other things will sort themselves out, right? Mm. Um, and I'm actually like, I'm not so sure that people are telling their friends about branch right now. I'm actually, it feels more like on the rare occasion, we get exactly the right fit for the product we have right now. And I keep saying the product we have right now because I'm so focused on the future <laughs> in my brain. Um, but we get the right uh, type of user and it just kind of works for them. They figure it out and then they, they ran out of the free tier and they upgrade to the paid. And then it's almost like a set it and forget it kind of thing. Like the, the cool thing about branch is it, if it's, if it doesn't get in your way, like it just kind of runs like, and some people have been running it for like a year or something like that. And they don't really do change it much, but it's not like, like with WP Pusher, when I launched that, people, people like, and that's not a huge success or anything like that, but it has kind of like lasted for a long time. People just couldn't shut up about it. Like when they tried it, hmm. they would tweet about like, they were mind blown. And like, as I probably mentioned here many times, like <laughs> Justin Jackson recorded like a whole like screencast and wrote a long blog post about it. Um, how it's called why I bought your software, I think. Um, like it just, there was like a magic moment when people used it for the first time and they just wanted to tell people about it. So like, there's just so many like blog posts written about WP Pusher. Like if you go on YouTube, there's like people doing tutorials where they show how to use it. It's just people spread the word about it. And that's not happening with Branch. 
So, like that makes me think that, like maybe our product is good, <laughs> but maybe it's not good enough. And like it, it makes me very like product focused in my mind. And yeah, I'll I'll let you interrupt now before mm. I move on <laughs> on this. Yeah, I mean, it gives me the feeling that maybe the product in your mind or now in people's experience somehow isn't complete comes mm. to mind. Like mm. there's, there's, or at least think about this in more than one dimension. There's the, is it a sharp enough knife? Right. Is mm. one question. Is it good enough? Right. So is it faster, cheaper, better than the alternative in that sense? And then there's also the, is it a knife? <laughs> or is it a, is it a peeler or like, yeah. what, what is this thing? And it's an excellent thing, but like, I don't, I don't use knives without handles, you know? Mm. Uh, and so like, it's incomplete. It's really, really sharp, <laughs> but like yeah. it's missing, yeah. it's missing a handle and stupid example, but I'm just thinking it's, it's worth wondering, is it, is it not good enough or is it incomplete? Um, is the market not able to adopt the market is what we're really saying is the market can't adopt this the way that you wish the market would. Yeah. I mean, it could, it could be that they don't care enough about the problem that we solve right now or that we focus on enough. Like maybe it's just not a big enough problem. And that's why, like, that's why I'm excited about some of the new stuff because it makes it a more like complete solution, and not just a deployment solution, but also a provisioning solution, um, and more like just develop a workflow. Then it's also yeah. like harder to explain to people. So it's like, yeah. But the thing is, like, we get like almost two thousand visits to the website every month, so we get people through. So you know, and people sign up as well. So like, like it just seems to me that like this should, like some people should be really excited. Otherwise, like, like it, we just, we, maybe it's like, like the part is just not exciting enough for mm -hmm. this to get enough yeah. traction. Hmm. And kind of like side note, something I thought about today and like this may, come off like super arrogant or condescending or something like that but like it kind of made me think like because it's so different when you listen to bootstrappers like in our community and then when you listen to like why Combinator startup school like it kind of like a thought that occurred to me today was like like our our bootstrappers actually like compensating for bad products with like just being good at marketing and marketing gimmicks and like paid ads and funnels and like all this stuff that is like techniques that people use in the bootstrapper community. Um, <laughs> and like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. Like, cause there's a lot of products in kind of like our community that I can think about that aren't necessarily super exciting. <laughs> mm hmm. Oh, it's, it's, that's a big one because now you're getting into questions of when does product quality even matter? 
Yeah, because it's like the other camp is like product-led growth, I guess. Mm-hmm. Which is I mean, more appealing to me when I think about it. Yeah, it is. It's... Yeah, it, it's a bigger... I think it's a bigger challenge, though, from the product side because you are not willing to... You're not willing to build a big company just to um, uh, compensate for a bad product experience. That that's the idea, and and basically you're unwilling to this. You're unwilling for the solution to be that you need to compensate for a bad onboarding by doing, you know, personalized onboarding for everybody, or you're unwilling to. And that's you know, again, you can be both, and Superhuman does that too, etc. But you know, it. It's still scaled though. Rahul is not doing the onboarding himself <laughs> anymore, you know. So he's yeah. he's scaled that. So maybe the point is, um, you're not really sure if you can. You can't lock in what you've got so far. Is what it feels like. It, you haven't yeah. solved the you haven't solved the puzzle. No, like, I mean, there are paying customers right now, but it's like. And for like, if I was building like a micro SaaS or something like that, like maybe that would be great, and I could move on like through something else. But it's like the ambitions are so much bigger with this mm-hmm. business. So it's like I look at the MRR now, and it's like it could as well, like it might as well be zero for what I'm concerned, right? Like I don't really care about the number, especially not when it's stagnant. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it all comes back to this. You know, are you looking for, you could probably stop working on the product now and just focus really hard on winning new customers and win a few more each month, probably. But you're not interested in that. No, because it's like, like it it feels like it's too hard. I know that's like something I've said many times in this podcast, but like just my gut instinct is like, it shouldn't be this hard. Like then something is wrong. Like then it's better to spend a lot more time on figuring out the right product. So it's easier to sell it. And then, you know, do all that like sales and marketing stuff, but like, it shouldn't be this hard. Right. Because, you know, the first, when when I built WP Pusher, like, and people started buying it, like, it was a surprise to me. I was like, whoa, people started buying it. And then they just never really stopped buying it. Mm. And, like, it was still hard to grow that business. Like, I, I never managed to really grow it. So it's still pretty small. Um, But it had life <laughs> in terms of, like, people bought the product. Mm. And, and like, there's so many things right now, like, I know that I'm not doing, like, a good job of, like, maybe, you know, like, either I have a free plan, like, it occurred to me, like, if, if people had to pay just to sign up, like, those, like, out of those, like, whatever, like, 10 people that signs up a week or 15 people, or however many it is, like, some of them would just pay, like, if you had to pay up front, um, and then maybe they would activate because they already paid. So like maybe they would be more uh, incentivized, but it's like, like I, I, I just feel like, like even though I completely like messed up my pricing or my onboarding or whatever, like if the product 
was right, or at least like the the problem was right, then something would like something would happen, even though there are a lot of obstacles for people to become customers. Mm. Does that make I sense? Like, it's, I, I, yeah. I agree with that completely. Yeah. Like people, some people would figure out like, okay, this, this pricing makes completely, it's nonsense and everything is weird, but like it does what I need it to. So I'll just go through all these hurdles because I go through that, those hurdles with other products where I'm like, this is so bad. Like, I don't understand how someone built something this bad. And I still go through the pain of like signing up for it. <laughs> yeah. And I don't feel like I have that with branch. And I feel like I should, like, I don't think my time is well spent right now. Just trying to like super like streamline everything. Mm. Okay. Because then it's like, it's the optimizing for the zeros or the, you know, solving the equation and there's a zero in it. Right. So yes, like it doesn't really ha matter to have like a super streamlined upgrade path in your app. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's like now, you know, one time one times one point one. Like yeah. well, if you round if you round down it's still one. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Not even a two. <laughs> yeah. And I mean with the product right now, like after they run out of the free tier, it stops working. So like that should be enough incentive for the people that are like if it if they get this far, like mm -hmm. then and you know, people have upgraded. So it's not like it's that bad. And like, maybe the pricing is wrong or something. Maybe I should experience with different pricing. But it's like, it just feels like, like people should, people should like angrily email me that it's too expensive or something like that. Like people should care right. more. Oh, they will. Yeah. yeah. If, if they really, really loved it, they would. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that's, something like i'm kind of like trying to figure out like what i want to do about it so i do like i do feel like i have some opportunities and you know as i said like people are coming to the website and actually a part of like or well some of that traffic is because of the guides that we have for the different hosting companies and i looked at the analytics and some of the guides get um some of them get around 80 visitors but they all get like between 50 and 80 visitors a month so that's not like that's not necessarily a big number but at the same time it's like 80 people comes to my website to this guide because mm -hmm. they googled you know how to do continuous integration for this specific hosting company right. and those that perform best are actually companies that we don't really have a partnership relationship with um, because they're just they're hard to work with um and slow and stuff like that mm -hmm. um and so we and the the guide hasn't been updated for a quite some time it's just not great mm -hmm. so like that's you know if i want to hold the the product constant like i feel like there are some opportunities like maybe we could tweak like those guides and focus more on like getting people to sign up or like make them understand what the product actually do um, right. So just pause, yeah, pause there for a second. So you would have this, um, you would have this hypothesis that, hey, what's holding us back from all the magic you just talked about is that the product is not quite right. You know, the mm. people are right, but the product's not quite right. Mm. So by holding a product constant, what you actually mean is you are 
going to keep the product in roughly the same category or position mm-hmm. and try to just make it, you know, it's that 10% better in the right direction. that's going to unlock a whole bunch of a magic. Yeah. Yeah. Or and, just at least like do a better job on like on the guide page, landing page that they land on, like do a better job of convincing them that we actually solve the problem that they just Googled a solution for. Right. Right. Okay. Because that's step number one, right? And explain, like, basically set expectations and get them to sign up. And then hopefully, like, they would understand what the next step is. Um, Mm -hmm. But, like, it would potentially also be an opportunity to, like, maybe find a way to talk to some of those people. Like, 80 people Googling uh, or, like, coming to our guide about continuous integration for Kinsta. Like, 80 people a month. Like, quite a... That's actually... some people you know yeah and it would be interesting to know like what they hope to find mm. mm-hmm. and it's like it's kind of like there you know when people do these types of testing like they would maybe throw up like some ads and try to get like 100 people to some landing page but like here i'm actually getting 80 people f- for like five different hosting companies that are somehow interested in what we do so like it would be interesting to like find a a way to talk to those people yeah um that that feels like one opportunity okay in general like one like something i'm thinking about a lot in relation to this is like like what are the core activities that i should be doing and like so we're doing this traction testing stuff this you know, this, this, uh, quarter, something you said recently on this podcast was that marketing wasn't your bottleneck. <laughs> it wasn't the bottleneck of your business right now. And actually like, <clears throat> I felt like it kind of was a bottleneck when we were getting people signed up, but only like 10 people, for example. And like, why is it not 20? Like maybe we should try to do some marketing. Um, mm-hmm. But right now, like, that doesn't feel like the bottleneck. Like, these, the people's lack of excitement after they sign up feels like a bigger bottleneck. And, you know, we some people are, you know, have some level of excitement and, like, they book a demo and want to hear more about it. And, you know, there are people right now in the pipeline that could become customers, but, like, just not enough of it um, and not strong enough, it feels like. So... Like, it makes me think, like, when you have the, like, it's like when, when, if you think your product isn't good enough, like, at least in, like, a more, like, traditional startup, like, it just feels like that's all you should just worry about, like, building a, a good product or, like, you know, iterating on your product to find out what you need to build. It doesn't have to be a perfect product. That's, like, the whole point is, like, if people really want your product, like, they'll they'll find a way to get it and they'll find a way to, like, go through your weird payment process or whatever weird sign up path or like go through your shitty onboarding, like they'll, they'll figure it out. Um, so, you know, on the one hand, it's like you should spend all your time or a lot of time working on or iterating on the product, but that only makes sense if you talk to potential customers as well, like, cause you need that feedback loop. Um, and it's like, but if you already have a few people coming to the site 
and signing up every day, like you're already like that's not really the bottleneck. Like you already have some people to talk to, right? And that's kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. What yeah, you're people, saying, yeah, you have them to talk to, and you can also uh, you can use their their actions or their inactions to invalidate your theories about exactly. what should be happening, right? So yeah, and then yeah, so. I thought about that and I thought about like content, like doing content is actually a really, and I'm th I might just be repeating you because I'm slow to like realize what you're actually said, but like <laughs> content seems like a really good way to reach people and have potentially have conversations with them or just, you know, have them sign up for your app so you can see how they use it. And that's, that's not necessarily marketing. Like it's just a way to like, like you're just talking to people or trying to talk to people. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also a way to maybe like I'm doing some blog posts this month. Um, and I'm thinking the way I'm kind of thinking about the blog post is like, I want to write about some of the stuff that I'm thinking about building in branch or doing in branch, but just the topics in general and see if people are, passionate about those topics because like if people don't even want to read a blog post that i wrote about something like they probably don't need me to solve that problem for them in mm. in the app mm -hmm. um so i feel like content can be used as like as you know to test the waters a little bit and and then as i said like it's a way to like talk to people um other things that i spend my time on right now is like you know, I mentioned last time I have that customer development routine where I like, it's basically a sales pipeline, but it's not really sales. It's just me like emailing people and asking if they need help and like why they got stuck and like try to help them if they're, if they need it. Um, but like a lot of what I do right now just feels like a waste of time because it feels like I should just be working on the product. And, you know, whenever I need people to see what I've been working on m maybe do some content but like not spend all my time like doing content marketing or like perfect documentation or something like that because it like I don't know but it's really hard to draw that line and it's just been on my mind a lot <laughs> in the past two weeks so is, is this is this a way of saying you don't think that the product is, you think there's something fundamentally wrong with the product, not to over, not to scare <laughs> you or anyone else, but it, it's like a, you're not just in the mode of make it 10% better yet. You're still not there. Or 20% I don't, I don't better. I don't think I'm there. Maybe, maybe 20% would help. <laughs> mm -hmm. It won't like hurt. Maybe that's, that's what I need is like, you know, that 20% is but, what will But you don't even sad. know. Well, but here's the problem is, let me say this differently. You don't even know which part to make 20% better, potentially. That's the thing. Um, right. So you could make the wrong parts 20% better forever and ever and never break through. Yes. I um, Like one of the other opportunities that I feel like I have, which is, is something that kind of happened by accident, is this hosting integration flows that I've talked about is basically a way for like it started out as a way for us to help people connect to their hosting company mm 
And mm -hmm. we built it in a way that we can basically compose these onboarding flows uh, with steps. And each step is like, there's a front end and a back end component. And each step knows if it's completed so you can move on to the next step. And it could be like, for WP Engine, it's like the first step is, um, I think it's just like some information about what's going to happen next. And then the next step is a, you put in your API credentials for WP Engine. Mm -hmm. The third step is it shows you a list of all your sites so you can pick which one you want to connect to branch. The next one is um, it shows you all the different environments for that site. So you pick the environments that you want to set up in branch as well for deployment. And then the final step is a success message. So it's really cool that we're able to compose these onboarding flows for DigitalOcean, for example, it's different. Um, it's a different flow. Um, and for example, like we don't use their API, but like we can still have a step with just some documentation or whatever. Uh, help them like this is where you need to drop your SSH key and by the way here's the key as well so it's really nice but like what we've kind of realized is these like the ability to be, build these flows has just like when we launched recipes removed a lot of code from the code base and kind of like moved it up at an abstraction level so it's more like branch is like this platform where we can, you know, add these hosting flows. And then with the recipes, people can build their pipelines and it's really easy to build on top of it. And what I kind of realized is we can test, like we can build small little MVPs for different product ideas and different um, markets just on top of what we already have. So like if it's a product problem, like we can try a lot of different product things. And instead of like having to build a new area inside the app, or maybe even an entire new app, we can just build it on top of the platform that we already built. Um, and if you want to test different markets, we can just, you know, add, as I said, like support for Shopify or support for Magento. Um, and invite those communities in and see what their reaction to the app is like. Mm. Um, does that kind of make sense? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, so like one crazy idea um, <laughs> that we had the other day um, was that, like, I have a, I have, I have a lot of ideas about like WordPress hosting and like static sites and serverless and headless and stuff like that, and. You know, like I've kind of been like wanting to like as a side project, like try to build something around that. But then I just realized I could just build it on branch. <laughs> like I could just build a little hosting, whatever platform on top of branch <laughs> and just make it available through the UI that we've, we, we already have for like show, like it's basically a hosting company marketplace, right? But we could right. just like Amazon have their own products. Like we could also just have our own like hosting company if we wanted to. Yeah, yeah. And like, so people could just I mean, point and click basically and 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 add that, right? Um, and instead of like it. having, instead of building, like if, if let's say I've, I wanted to try to like offer hosting. 
like instead of betting on that on like building an entire new product like i could just build like a minimal version of that and inside of branch and just see if if it if it had some traction or like if people were interested in it um and use all the ui stuff that we've built for this already and just um you know have all the ba- like all this the the fun stuff you could build all the fun stuff and not have to worry about like all the app code right um, but it's not only hosting like and just within wordpress there's loads of other problems that people are having that we don't really have like a solution for right now um but like basically i guess what i'm saying is like by accident we kind of built like a platform for building small mvps inside of the product <laughs> Uh, yeah. which I think is like exactly what we need right now. <laughs> which is way bigger than it's, it's you're, you're adding the handle or you're making the product fundamentally different. I think at least what the users yeah. see or perceive as the product. And that's the tricky thing, man, is that your product is so flexible, powerful, capable in that sense that like what you choose to, but the user only knows what they see. Right. Yeah. So what you choose to expose to them, that is what their perception is going to be of the product. Yeah. Like, let me explain it this way. Like if you go into the branch code base and you go, if you go to the recipe folder and you delete all the recipes and then you go to the hosting uh, flows folder and you delete all the hosting integrations, like you still have the branch platform, but there's nothing WordPress in it. Like, it's just an empty, uh, it's an empty CICD platform. Um, and then you could just add like recipes for something else and hosting integration flows for something else, onboarding mm. flows essentially. Right. Um, so it's super flexible and we could, like it's basically a playground where we can test a lot of different ideas. And like my, my, my gut feeling tells me like that's where our focus should be right now. Um, mm-hmm. and it makes me think about like our whole like content game right now because we have those guides but like with the stuff we're doing now like the guides are very quickly coming becoming out of date basically um so i think like my approach if i kind of like choose to double down on like just building things on top of branch and testing like you know if people um care about it or not like let's say i want to do like um serverless hosting for bedrock or something like that that's like a very niche thing within wordpress but something that potentially people would be really excited about like just build it inside of branch as like an mvp and see if people care about it and mm-hmm. then probably not do the guides but like do blog posts about those because blog posts aren't really um you know they're they're represent they represent a point in time basically um yeah more than the guides do um so let me ask you this like is this is this a how much of a guess is this in terms of what you should do next uh it's a guess okay yeah i was gonna say like how much of a leap is it would be another way of saying it yeah i mean there's nothing i mean we're not changing anything about the stuff we already have mm. we are more like just you know talking about um experiments and it just feels like the the thing to do right now especially 
now that we have a little bit more cash is just keep iterating and basically take a step back and iterate and like kind of like have that tight feedback loop um, of like building cool stuff, showing it to people, talk to them, see what they think and Mm -hmm. repeat. So uh, how, in how much work, (laughs) this is the terrible manager question, but like, (sighs) yeah, what's the first step? The first step is finishing the, and launching the host integration stuff. Okay. Um, which hopefully happens within the next month. Mm. And um, yeah, that's step number one. The, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's weird, but it's my gut feeling tells me like, you need to do this until it feels less hard than it is right now. And I can tell you like, being completely honest and transparent <laughs> here, like being in a mastermind with Derek Reimer right now with Savvy Cal. Mm-hmm. Great example. He, his podcast co-host, Ben Orenstein, like when, when you see these guys like do what they do <laughs> with their respective products, it's like, okay. I mean, th- I, they're doing a lot of things right, but like it, it feels like they're onto something and like, you know, even yeah. if paying for Tuple was hard or if like if Derek didn't have any documentation, I think people would still be really excited about Savvy Cal and Agreed. Tuple. Agreed. Yeah. So it's, it's like it's, just, it's not with, hard. <laughs> with their products, it's much easier. <laughs> yeah. It's less hard than it is with branch right now. And it's kinda like inspiring me to like think more about the product. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's like, you can't like, it's, it could be the product. It could be the market. Um, if you listen to someone like Michael Seibel, I think he would say that you should keep your market constant and iterate on your product. And I probably tend to agree with him because it's like, you try to sell a tool to a carpenter and he's like, I have like, I can't use this. I have no use for it. And you just go to try to sell it to someone else. Like that's a little bit of a dangerous, uh, approach, I think. Like you're too f- too focused on the random thing you built <laughs> instead mm-hmm. of just trying to figure out what the carpenter actually needs. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, the market is the thing that you must have anyway. It's not going to adapt to you. You have to adapt to it. So yeah, and then maybe I just need to listen better and understand what the market wants from me. And like, there are some problems in WordPress right now that I know if we could solve them or just help with them, like people would be really excited and mm-hmm. I thought maybe it would be <laughs> continuous integration or deployment. And maybe that's part of it. Maybe that just needs to be more or yeah. maybe it needs to be something different. Um, but the thing that feels good is like, it feels like we have a basically a platform for doing this and also like platform in the terms of our product, but also the brand, like, cause people know about branch and like, what kind of like follow what we do, even if they aren't too excited about actually using the product. Yeah. I like it. I mean, it's, you got some, got some extra runway now and some new thoughts to test. I mean, now's the time to, to try to break through. I think the too hard, the it's too hard judgment 
is painful to hear for all of us when we're in that mode, but it's right. Right. Like, yeah, it either, like is, it it either isn't hard or, Exactly. Exactly. I think that's very well said. <laughs> um, incredibly hard to explain it, but you know it when you feel it and you live it and you're like, this is way too hard. Right. Yeah. 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 Like finally, like with talk about these like opportunities, I am doing demos and I, I limit it to one day a week and two demos max uh, every Monday. And I'm mm-hmm. like, now I'm doing actually one or two demos every Monday and it feels pretty good. Um, but the thing is like the people that book the demos, they kind of want to use branch, but judged from like you either using the product or seeing the, the website, mm-hmm. they want to use it, but it doesn't do everything that they need. And that's why they book a demo. Mm-hmm. So it actually, like it's becoming the demos feels like they're more productive now because for some reason, like the people I get now actually have a lot of ideas for stuff or problems that they need solved. So Mm -hmm. it kind of feeds into this like feedback mechanism that I'm kind of like trying to have right now. Um, so it's a good opportunity to, to have conversations with people and like where they're, where they're struggling with their workflow right now. Um, so that's actually, it feels like a good place to be um and i think maybe i want to open up the demos a little bit more uh see if i can get just one or two more every week makes sense yeah i'm excited i mean i think (laughs) i think you have a you have an opportunity you know you can you can be so close and like i i really believe that this is sort of the trial by fire of every early stage business is figuring out solving this right like yeah and i I think that man sometimes you you don't have to what i'm trying to say is you don't have to you could just say look it's a chocolate bar (laughs) it's 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 a good enough chocolate bar buy it eat it you'll like it right and go and just sell those things door to door but um and then you can make it better and better but I, I think that for some products, they don't have their legs yet where they can just say, look, it's a chocolate. It's like, look, it's a thing. And then you're like trying to sell this thing to people and they just don't they either don't get it or they don't want it or they don't know that they want it. And right. it's hard. It's just all, all kinds of hard. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I completely agree that the number one focus should be solving that until it's really solved until you know it's solved right Uh, yeah i mean it it feels like like if you have ideas it doesn't really matter if it takes three months or two years before you kind of like crack the nut because then like the whole idea is like if things get easier it'll grow fast um and as long as you grow fast enough like it doesn't really matter when you start growing I think the problem is if you accept kind of like, okay, this is how hard it is uh, to get someone to become a customer. I'll just, you know, make up for the, for it with like marketing and education and sales and plow through and, and it's linear. Like you end up with some sort of linear growth because then it just going to keep being hard. Mm-hmm. 
so like the way like kind of like my mental model is very much about like the growth rate mm. and like i just feel like if you still have ideas like you know maybe it's just sunk cost but like like if you still have ideas like it's worth testing them um mm. the dangerous thing is like sitting in the basement for too long unless you're very confident um i i think a lot of that complaining about people spending too much time on product is really about frustration that you know this person clearly has a good enough product and they're sitting there just sort of navel gazing or honing it to perfection when it's it's fine people want it you know and and what they failed because they needed to make it 10% better but like that person in that story should be selling because what they have actually yeah. is good enough good enough right yeah. and i don't think anybody can really answer that question of what's good enough for the market except for the founder because the founder is the one with the vision right you have a vision of what you want your product and company to be and you therefore are the sole determinant or sole judge of whether or not the thing is good enough and if you really want to be in the business of you know whatever selling x and your product it's a fine y and people are like it's a good enough y it's a good enough y but like if that's not what you're trying to build if that's not what you're is that if that's not your vision then yeah it's fine it, you're right it is a good why but that's not what i'm trying to do right there's the world already i'm not gonna wake up every morning for the next 10 years and focus on why just because it's yeah i could charge 50 bucks for it like that's not yeah. That's not why I'm here. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I, I think I need to keep iterating until I find a stronger pull. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to iterate. Like the way I'm in my mind, like the way I think about like iterating is like start like close, close to the core and then move mm. out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the end, like you might like if nothing works, like you might just like decide to like try to build something completely different. <laughs> mm. Um, but it's also like it's really hard to start something from scratch. Oh yes. Um, so yeah. anything that we can do within our current product is worth doing before we try something else. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, cool. so um, <laughs> that was an entire podcast. Do you do you have something? Uh, nope, nope. <laughs> you want to share or? Uh, sort of. You can give, no. like a, a, give a quick update, and then yeah, we, yeah, can, I'll, we I'll can spend some more time next week. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, well, as as the needs go, um, yeah. what is it from each? Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> from each according to his ability to each according to his need, um, you have the need yeah. today. So we're going to give to you. I definitely appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really am very focused on product and I feel really good about that because the demand, I mean, I, it's funny. I'm in a different world than you just talked about, but it's not yeah. easier the world I'm in is I have some users that are obsessed with it and 
some of them are paying and some of them aren't. And then I've got some new signups where, you know, one of them told me last week, he thought it's like I had done a magic trick when I did the demo for him. And he said, we've looked at a lot of products in this category and yours is the first one that I think does what we are looking for. And that was coming from, yeah. And that's coming from a company that's doing legitimate, like substantial amounts of revenue uh, right in the sweet spot of the, of the market I want to serve. And so it's, it's like your ideal customer saying, Hey, we came to you last because I happened to see your tweets, but wow, this is really promising. And nice. Yeah. And, um, and yet, man, I am lifting some really heavy boulders on the product side and I got to lift them, you know, and, and this is always, man, this is, every time I say this on this podcast, it doesn't matter what the calendar year is. I'm always talking about Stripe. <laughs> it's always mm-hmm. a Stripe integration. Um, I did a Stripe integration for retention curves last uh, two weeks ago. Um, I'm working on a Stripe integration for revenue right now. And what that means is that it will automatically import your revenue plans and your customer cohorts from Stripe. So imagine all of your revenue plans, all of your customer cohorts automatically building or importing into your model. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Incredibly powerful, right? Like incredibly powerful and incredibly useful for any company that has substantial scale because you might have, you know, uh, let's just say 20 revenue plans because you've got the the gold test and the gold gold, you know, Easter special. And then you've got the gold yeah. plan that you finally, finally used. And like, oh my gosh, um, I think Stripe revenue plans are the new Excel spreadsheet names where it's just yeah. like underscore final uh, tier. But yeah. because of that, you really need, you really want to automatically import them from Stripe. So I'm working on that. I'm also working on importing all of your subscriber history and building cohorts off of it. And here's the thing. I've now done this for expenses with Plaid. I've done it for retention with Stripe and I'm working on it for revenue. Um, And it's a simple pattern at this point. It's connect to the external data source, bring it into a kind of generic data type, um, in this case, subscription, and then transform that generic data type into summit data types, uh, which are events. And it's just a heavy boulder to lift. And I think part of this too is last week I was trying to lift it, but the election really, really had me distracted. Right. <laughs> so I actually wanted to release it last week and I'd say I got half of it done. And I was really discouraged that I only got half of it done. Um, but I'm going to get this done. I'm determined come hell or high water to get this done and I will get it out. And when I do, yeah. you'll be able to import your revenue plans and cohorts from Stripe. And as a bonus feature, you'll be able to leveraging all of the sort of wisdom of Summit in terms of your retention curves, understand the likely value of all of your existing subscriptions over the next 12 months. So almost think of it as a, if I don't add another new customer, what is my revenue going to be over the next 12 months or so? purely based on retention. Yeah. And where that's really cool is, you know, and this could be its own episode. If um, you look at services like ClearBank and Pipe and Stripe are all coming out with ways to sell uh, a customer contract to them. Yeah. You need to know what it's worth. And so uh, one of those companies like Pipe, for example, will say, hey, you're charging a hundred bucks a month. We'll give you 1,000 
and $97 or something like that for that subscription over the next 12 months because we think it's going to make $1,200 and you want the cash, right, from an annual subscription payment up front. So that's what they're doing is they're giving you an annual, a year's worth of cash in exchange for a monthly contract. That is, to me, the evolution of SaaS into a marketplace of assets. Yeah, And I think the CFO of the future that's using Summit, I want to show, let me put it this way, I want to show my users that Summit is thinking about the future of this space and arming you with knowledge that you're going to need to be able to go to those sort of bargaining tables, if you will, intelligently and saying, I think my revenue is worth this, right? And you could also imagine that's worth something in an exit scenario where just having a better understanding of what your revenue is worth based on its retention is just a valuable insight to have. And it's um, it, it, was almost a, it was almost something I did because I looked at the heavy boulder and I was like, eh. <laughs> and so I just, I just chose to have some fun instead. And that's what I did. Um, but anyway, to summarize, really deep into the Stripe integration part of the product right now, it's always heavy to do it. Um, but when I'm done, it'll be a really good feeling because, you know, these, um, it's going to accelerate onboarding a lot for anybody that uses Stripe. And then yeah. I, can, I can easily extend this to Charge B and every other subscriber uh, billing system, by the way. So it's not just about Stripe. Yeah, that does sound really good. Right, it's just a few clicks um, instead of instead of a lot of TDM. So that that's that's what I'm working on the product side, and then after that, I'm going to um, try to integrate accounting systems. Uh, that's my that's my December goal is to have all the accounting systems integrated, so you can bring in your final QuickBooks or zero numbers for a month, and then compare it to your model. So it's crazy how much Summit has evolved in 2020. <laughs> it, it's really becoming a. Um, what I'm excited about is the foundation that I ended up building in spring of this year. Really, is a like the data model and the simulator are good enough foundation for this to really become a um, to really hold its own as a financial software package, like alongside. Right. QuickBooks or, you know, um, ChartMogul or one of these guys. Like it's a, it's a legit, <laughs> it feels like a legit product uh, platform. Wow. Yeah, definitely. So I, um, yeah. So anyway, I, I'm, I'm really optimistic in terms of the medium term, but I am maybe perfectly honest. I'm a little overwhelmed, uh, which is why I didn't know if I had anything to say is because <laughs> I just feel a little crushed right now trying to get this, to get this yeah. code done. And, um, you know, it's a solo founder problem, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything. So another feeling. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the sympathy. Um, <laughs> we'll see, we'll see where I get to, uh, by next week. Yeah. Well, the election uh, seems to be over at least mm -hmm. the election part of it. Um, so hopefully, hopefully they'll leave some mental capacity for uh, some big coding boulders. Yes, I think so. I think so. It's, 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 um, it's not too daunting to start. That's the nice thing. It's just, you know, you know, it's going to require you being in the zone for days, mm -hmm. you know, and 
I just wasn't able to get that last week and uh, I tried, but I got halfway there. So I'm, I'm hopeful that I can just, you know, find three to four hours a day for say four or five days straight and really get this done. And then I, I, I actually think that that finishes a big part of the product from my standpoint, the Stripe and like a, a bottoms up Stripe integration is, is a big deal. And then really just comes down to two other pieces performance accounting integrations. And then lastly, I could spend the rest of my career building out the modeling capabilities. So, I, I mean, it, it's nice that it feels like I've got a one, two, three list <laughs> at this point, yeah. but what's driving me is I've got users and, and potential customers who are like, this is freaking amazing. You know, can you, can you do this? And, and it's kind of reminds me of what you were just saying. And now I'm going off a little bit, but it's like, they're not, it's not, it's not done yet, but they're sitting, they're, they're, they're seeing what they see and they're seeing the can, the painting isn't done. Right. But they, they think they know what I'm going to paint next. They think they know what I'm going to fill in the canvas with. And they're like, Oh, Oh yeah. Oh, are you going to do the, are you going to do that thing next? Oh yeah. You know, it's like, and, and, and they're right. You know, that's the cool thing is that when they say that it lines up with the picture that I have in mind, like the vision I have, is lining and, and what I'm actually trying to get on the canvas, it lines up with what they are. When they squint and look at it, they they see what I've seen, right? At least, and that to me is super encouraging. It's like I'm on the right track. <laughs> you know, their vision is they, my vision, right? They like the smell in the kitchen. Yeah, they do. Exactly. That's another way to say they do. They're yeah. like. Yeah, they like the smell of the fried onions, but they, they don't love wanna, the like, They don't want to eat raw, like just fried onions. Yeah, they no, they more, don't. They but... don't. Yeah, and I, honestly, maybe that maybe that's a good, better metaphor. It's like they love the appetizer, you know, and they're <laughs> telling me what they want for their main course, and I'm, you know, I'm mostly done with that at this point. So it's, nice. uh, yeah, it it is. It's not a bad place to be. I will just say, um, I think mentally it's a hard place for me to be because I get frustrated with myself for not going faster. Yeah. So it, it, it's, um, it's very hard for me to look at a week where I get halfway where I wanted to be and, uh, and still be, you know, okay with it. Um, I, I tend yeah. to, you know, really beat myself. I think up. a lot of people had a rough week, so. Yeah. It, yeah. That's, that's fair. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> It's not as if I'm the only person that struggled to be super productive uh, last week. So, yeah. So, awesome. That's it. Yeah, that's a podcast. Yeah, I think that's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. Well, I appreciate all the time um, to talk about my own problems, and um, yeah, as you said, when you need it, I'll be there for you. <laughs> to record I, a long podcast about it <laughs> yeah 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 maybe it can be celebratory we'll see i'm gonna get this yeah. i'm gonna get this done oh, that'll be great yeah man okay cool well, talk to you later take care buddy bye take care bye